0: Hello, everybody, welcome into another episode of the Couch GM's podcast. It is Tuesday, November 16th, 2021. I'm your host, George Kurth, here along with Tyler Snyder. Tyler, what is up?
1: Well, Titans are still the best team in the AFC, so uh, I'm good. Everything's good over here.
0: And the third part of the Couch GM sweep, we got Cody Roadcap.
2: Cody, how about you? From now on, please introduce me as my official title, NFL owner.
1: Uh, you don't own until tomorrow, so uh... this
2: podcast goes out. <laughs> After I've already bought the stock.
1: <laughs> All right, if you go. guys
2: don't know, the Packers are selling
0: stock for the team. Cody is very much planning on buying a stock to be a part moment of years. Yes, he has. I'm sure you guys are not shocked by that, knowing how much of a Packers fan he is just from listening to us. But anyway, while we talk some fantasy football. No, I mean he just has those green and gold jerseys on the back wall for no reason. Weird. Morgan Ducks. <laughs>
1: Mariota.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway on this already. podcast <laughs> we're going to talk some nfl news and notes we're going to hit some quotes of the week and we're going to talk waiver wire for week 11 as we get closer and closer to the fantasy playoffs you can check out my waiver wire column on the couchgms.com and also check out our social media channels for even more and to ask your questions about your teams why don't we jump in here first and talk nfl news First on the news docket, a long due congratulations to Jacoby Myers for finally scoring his first NFL touchdown. I feel like he had gone the longest of any relevant wide receiver without scoring a touchdown of
2: I anybody. It
1: was, it was, it was so catches?
0: long. I
2: yeah. 136. <laughs> I believe that number is correct. He, uh, he had a couple two-point conversions. So he's been in the end zone for two points, just not six. uh, And he finally broke that this weekend. And, hey, maybe he is going to start a new streak where he scores a touchdown every game for the rest of the season.
1: Dude, pick him up. Here we go. That (laughs) that block has been broken. Now he's just going to score a lot, just like you said. Pick him up. You
0: joke, but that actually happens with some players.
2: I'm not going to go ahead and jump out on a limb and say it well, but it's possible. I, I mean, it. it's it's probably unlikely, but you, you never know. I think we'll just have to wait and see. You know, that was the good news for our, our news segment. The rest is all kind of bad news. We'll start with the worst of the bad news. That's Aaron Jones running back for the Green Bay Packers. Did sprain his MCL. missed. Will miss one or two weeks. Could potentially uh, be held out through the bye week, would be my expectation. Um, but after that, he should be back ready to go. I know... There's reports on the at during the game he was caught crying and trying to find his family in the stands. Everyone thought it was a lot worse, uh, but knowing how much he loves to be out there with his team, he was probably just disappointed he couldn't go back. Um, this is the fourth time he sprained his MCL. I think it's now twice on both knees, uh, so something to keep an eye on for the rest of his career. But after it heals up, he should be go rest rest of season. That's playing with fire there. Actually,
0: I'm, I'm glad it's not worse, but that's kind of concerning that he's had so many sprains and luckily has avoided major injury so far
1: dude how does he get that lucky as a guy with two torn right? ACLs <laughs> from just picking playing flag football like how do you get lucky enough to only sprain your MCL four times and not tear it like this guy this guy uh, over here
2: he wears his brace
1: hey I wear that my was more brace of a shot times sometimes I wear it Anyway, moving ahead, uh, we also have, before we get into the bad injuries, just a little one to note is Cordarell Patterson did also have an ankle injury. Um, he is most likely going to miss this week. Uh, they're calling him questionable right now, but it's something worth noting right now because he has been so consistent and he has put up about 15 points a week. So it's worth watching uh, to see if he will make uh, he will play this week. It's also worth noting that the Falcons do play on a short week. They play Thursday, so his odds of going are even smaller, but at least you will know sooner if he's going to go or not. Um, As far as his replacement due to the injury, uh, I mean, you have Mike Davis and you have Wayne Gallman, but do you really want either of them? That's up for discussion later. But then we will get into the worst injuries. Uh, I don't really want to talk about torn ACLs. Judging by the fact that I'm currently recovering right now. So, George, why don't you go ahead and take it?
0: Okay. I'm just going to give you all three here because it was not a good week for ACLs. Uh, Washington football team defensive end Chase Young tore his ACL. Uh, I almost said Oakland. Vegas Raiders fullback Alec Ingold tore his ACL. And the biggest news would have to be Robert Woods, who will now be replaced by Odell Beckham. He tore his ACL. So, I mean, two of them don't really have big fantasy value. Robert Woods, obviously we record this before Monday Night Football, so we do not really see how the Rams offense shook out, but that was a big development considering they just got even more offensive weapons, and now it's basically Odell replaces Robert Woods in the lineup.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I think, you know, we talked about it last week. You know, Van Jefferson kind of takes a seat in the back burner becoming a wide receiver for if you dropped him, unfortunately – you People are going to be racing this week on the waiver routes to pick him back up if they haven't already grabbed him back just because he now he goes right back into that role he was producing in where he was a viable flex option with high upside. So it definitely uh, is a tough loss for the Rams and Robert Woods and all these guys. I know we're hoping that they can recover and get back to football soon, but we'll be interested to see how Odell Beckham slides in there and replaces Robert Wood.
1: Absolutely, guys. I mean, I was the one that was really hard on Odell last week saying that I don't think he's good enough, to that he's really worth picking up in fantasy or uh, I should say trading for. I don't think he really takes that big of a leap forward. Well, that was before the Robert Woods news. Obviously, with Woods down, I do think Odell gets a lot more valuable. I still think that Cooper Cup is going to be number one in the offense. I do think that Van Jefferson is going to have a bigger role in the offense now, but Obviously, Odell does have value now, so it's going to be interesting to see what he does on Monday night. Everybody out there listening already knows what he did, um, but he's not even fully entrenched in that offense yet. So moving forward, he should see a pretty good role.
0: Definitely agree with that. And obviously, we'll have even more analysis on that once we see Monday Night Football and we give you our Week 11 breakdown on our Later in the Week show. But with all that being said, I think that's about all the important news. We can jump into my favorite segment, Quotes of the Week.
1: Quotes of the Week!
0: I'll start us off on Quotes of the Week, and I'm going to start at Mile High, where Vic Fangio was talking about his quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, avoiding Darius Slay during the game, and he said that he would like to see Teddy at least make a play at the guy. He went on to talk more about how Teddy Bridgewater was forcing the ball to the middle of the field. It just wasn't working. It sounds like there is a big rift between Vic Fangio and Teddy Bridgewater. I would not be shocked if they start to shuffle up their quarterback room a little bit, but maybe they should just send him to Tampa Bay where Bruce Arians called the Buccaneers a very dumb football team this week.
2: Is it just the Washington football team that has like (laughs) – the upper hand on Tom Brady, like and Taylor <laughs> Heineke, like he almost beat him in the wild card after like never playing. Then he comes out and beats them in the regular season. The year after is like Taylor Heineke now up there with like Eli Manning, Nick Foles and Brady kryptonite status.
1: And regular season saints. Don't forget about them as well.
2: Oh, I forgot about the
0: regular season. Saint. That's a very good one. <laughs> I mean, traditionally, so it's the regular season saints
2: and the NFC East still. That's I guess fair. I guess you're right. Well said. <laughs> yeah. Well the worst said. Worst
1: division in football.
2: Is <laughs> Can Ron Brady can't do it? <laughs> well, why don't we move on to from the worst division in football to the worst team in football? Uh, that's the Detroit Lions. They had a tie with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and after the game, Najee Harris said he joins the Donald McNabb club. I didn't even know you could tie in the NFL. In my mind, I was sitting on the bench saying, "I've got another quarter to go." But someone said that it's never a tie in my life before. Sorry, I totally botched that because I couldn't see the whole <laughs> the whole screen. So let me re say the thing. <laughs> he said that I've never had a tie in my life before. That is the correct <laughs> quote. Uh, but are you surprised this is still happening in the NFL, like players not being able to That's... know that there's a tie?
1: I mean, yes. I mean, Brady last year didn't even know what down it was. Uh, we can't forget about that. Thinking wow. it was fourth down when really he uh, had the turnover on downs. So if down. the GOAT can forget what d- down it is, not even know how to count them, then of course there's going to be people that don't know how uh, that they're still overtime. I mean, it doesn't happen often. And I mean, we're talking about uh, Najee Harris in the sense that he is a rookie. I mean, he comes from college. So um, he's not used to the way the NFL runs things. And. Uh, I I can see it. It's still kind of sad because, like, look, anybody who's watched football the last 10 years has seen a tie at some point, but uh, I
0: don't know. I'm with you. I kind of think it's ridiculous. Um, But at least he's not a starting quarterback who is a veteran that did it, and that's why Donovan McNabb was so sad. Tyler, uh, this next one I think is near and dear to your heart, so I'll let you take it.
1: (laughs) All right. I will take it.
2: Make sure you can read the screen before you can – You start going. (laughs) Don't pour Cody.
1: Somebody grab my glasses. All right. Tom Pelissaro reporting on the Cowboys. To reinforce that message, McCarthy actually had staff going around the locker room and handing out monkey butt. What is monkey butt? I'm glad you asked. It's an anti-chafing powder. It's got a variety of different uses. For instance, if you're sore from, I don't know, getting your butt kicked like they did last week, well, get yourself some monkey butt. Look, I get this is a funny quote and all, but real talk, anti-monkey butt, which is what it's actually called, is amazing. Uh, you can't see it, and I can't walk right now, but I literally have some right there just outside of arm's reach. It's fantastic. It's better than gold bond, but it just doesn't get the right kind of uh, publicity. So anti-monkey butt, look, if you are looking to sponsor a podcast, we will gladly take you on. Uh, come on over to the couch GMs, and I will, I will sponsor the crap out of your product.
2: this has not been a paid advertisement, but it should be. Maybe we'll send it to him. But, you know, this Mike McCarthy in Dallas, he's been interesting. From last year, smashing watermelons to bringing monkey butt into the facility to hype up his guys. Like, this is not stuff we heard about when he was in Green Bay kind of like this new side of Mike McCarthy that we're getting to see.
1: (laughs) That's because Mike McCarthy couldn't be Mike McCarthy in Green Bay. In Green Bay, everything runs through Rodgers, and if he doesn't like something you're doing, it just doesn't fly, and that's it. Uh, Outside of Green Bay, you can actually be yourself and, you know, live a normal life. So this is the real Mike McCarthy the whole time.
2: Man, Uh, wouldn't that be some interesting news? (laughs) Well, guys, I think that's all our quotes uh, that we have for this week. I know it's George's favorite segment, but let's get into a little bit more important segment and head into Week 11 Waivers.
0: Week 11 Waiver Wire. If you want to find even more than you will hear on this podcast, make sure you head over to thecouchjams.com. I put together my top seven for you this week. I don't want to start off because I've already uh, posted about a lot of these. Tyler, why don't you start off with some of your favorite waiver pickups for the week?
1: All right, some favorite waiver pickups. Look, if you want to see the ones that George has posted about, make sure you check out our website. TheCouchGMs.com and check that article out there's some great guys on there but i'm gonna hit on some guys you haven't talked about uh first one just because i'm a titans fan i gotta look at the titans first and i'm going with marcus johnson he's owned in 1.3 percent of leagues so look if you need a receiver he's a guy you can go get we know that julio jones is currently on ir the titans don't really have a number two receiver right now So A.J. Brown is getting double covered on every play. You don't have to worry about Julio. Don't have to worry about Derrick Henry. A.J. is going to be the guy they focus on. He's getting double covered. That's leaving Marcus Johnson, the new number two wide receiver for the Titans, wide open. And he honestly contributed in some key, key situations. Uh, He had five receptions for 100 yards in this past game. He looks like the true number two. He's a guy you can go get. And my other guy is going to be, as much as I hate to say it, quarterback. Cam Newton, he's back. Uh, He made sure to let everyone know that he was back. And uh, yeah, the Panthers showed that when they got to the red zone, it was like Cam of old. They want to make sure he's the guy that's scoring the touchdown. And he did. He threw one. He uh, ran one in as well. So Cam Newton is worth going out and grabbing there on the waiver wire.
2: That's a great addition. That was one of the guys I was going to highlight if you didn't. Uh, I'm going to stay with the quarterbacks real quick. And I'm gonna talk about Justin Fields. You know, you might forget about him because he was on a bye this past week. He was starting to come along as a passer. He was gradually getting better. Every game he looked really well uh down the stretch in the game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's only twenty five percent rostered, and this week he plays the Baltimore Ravens defense, who the Ravens defense, you know, is not the same daunting defense we're accustomed to from years in the past. They've had allowed big passing games they've allowed big games from offenses we talked about it last week Snyder keeps mentioning it mentioning it the Ravens they're a team that likes to play to their opponent they're not blowing anybody out all their games are close so Justin Fields could be a guy that you could pick up this week he has his mobility that is a, a upside in fantasy football along with a good matchup so I do like Justin Fields this week as a waiver wire target I know I wrote about this guy in the article
0: but I want to come back because Tyler had to trash him a little bit earlier and I think that there could be something here especially if Corderell Patterson misses Thursday Night Football I like Wayne Gallman I feel like Mike Davis has had plenty of chances he hasn't really panned out obviously if it's down to just Gallman and Davis Davis is going to get some work on Thursday but Gallman finally got a look when the Falcons were so far down this past week and he looked good on his 15 carries we all know he was very good last year filling in for Saquon Barkley in New York. He could be something if he starts to break ahead of Mike Davis, especially if he's a lead back this week. And then that could end up making Atlanta a two back system with Wayne Gallman and Cordell Patterson for the rest of the year.
2: Yeah. and I also think it's worth noting. We don't know at the time of recording this, the full severity of the ankle injury for Cordell Patterson. I know. There's been some positives about it, but I also know there are some thoughts out there that this could be multiple weeks, possibly a season ender, depending on the severity of the strain that they're still waiting the final confirmation on. So, Wayne Gallman won a lot of people fantasy leagues last year when he came in for Saquon Barkley. He could potentially come in and do it again for a second year in a row.
1: Guys, just to add some more to this waiver wire, I know that we like to talk about a lot of skill players, but. Look, we need to be honest. Most leagues do have defenses as well. And there's two defenses I want to highlight. Uh, we First, I have the Miami Dolphins defense. Now, they are the 22nd ranked defense. They don't look great this year, so it might be concerning on why I'm telling you to pick them up. Well, besides from the fact that they're only 37% rostered, uh, they just put up 19 points against Houston. They put up 20 points against Baltimore. And their next two matchups are against 32nd ranked New York Jets. And then 25th ranked Carolina Panthers, followed by the Giants again. The Giants, a bye week, and then they play the Jets again. Like their upcoming schedule is a gold mine, and they really do have the players on that defense to make plays and put up big points when you need it. Um, Another defense, and I'm not just saying it to be a homer, is the Tennessee Titans defense, also only 38% owned. They are the number four ranked defense on the season, and yet they are still 38% owned. They have been putting up great points every week. They have two pass rushers that are in the top 10 for pressures this season. They have two uh, members of the secondary that are in the top 10 for ball Hawks this season and their schedule. They have the Texans twice, the Jags once the 49ers, the Texans. Um, Again, this is a gold mine schedule with a defense that has already been playing lights out. So, uh, two fantasy defenses you're gonna want to go and snag up if you can.
2: Great advice. If you guys don't, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I I will go. I was gonna say great advice for Snyder, and that's something we don't haven't really talked about too much. But mm-hmm. I'll sidetrack here: is if you're a team that is sitting pretty in your fantasy playoffs, maybe you're seven and three, eight and two, you know, and you're sitting good in the playoffs. Start now is the time to start looking at your your playoff schedule matchups. The Titans, they have a good one. You just mentioned the Miami Dolphins. I mean, they're going to have a bye right before the playoffs, so maybe you can pick them up after somebody drops them because of their bye week. Uh, but think that if you're in a good place in your fantasy playoffs, like a playoff spot seems locked up, this is where you go make moves on the way. Like, get a couple weeks ahead. You don't you can start eliminating some of that debt. Now, I'm not saying getting rid of all your, your debt, but start preparing yourself for uh, the fantasy playoffs. That's my little sidetrack on getting ready for the playoffs. I'm going to give you another name. George did write about it in his article, uh, but Tyler's doing so many homer picks. I have to mention a homer guy, and that is my guy, AJ Dillon. I'm pretty sure my camera is frozen at this point, but if you if you haven't checked or you can go back earlier, you can look behind me. I do have his jersey on the wall. Big fan of his. He's going to replace Aaron Jones, who will be out one to two weeks. Also, I just asked him two questions. You can check that out over on TV's. Shameless plug, Shameless AJ plug. Dillon's a great guy, great great <laughs> fantasy aspect. I've been talking to him all season about how much I like AJ Dillon, and we've seen it the last couple of weeks. He was flexed considerable starting with Aaron Jones there, and he should be seeing the bulk of the carries at least the next two weeks. He has Minnesota uh, this week, uh, so it's not like a cakewalk matchup, but it's not a defense that always shuts down the run. He should be solid this week. He is probably on the higher end of the owned for the waiver wires, but if he's out there, he's definitely should be the top waiver pickup.
0: He has 44.7% on dot NFL.com leagues. So I thought I wasn't gonna be able to write about him because he would be over 50. He was under 50. Now I'm shocked that he's fallen that much in some of these leagues, but uh, instead of going over everybody in the article here, I think I have a couple of guys. I want to rapid fire at you and we can talk a little bit. Um, first, I'll start with running backs. Uh, Ty Johnson for the jets. He is kind of their number two now, but he seems to have really taken on a role as a pass catching back. He had five catches again this week, but he's only seeing about 33% of the snaps now. Is he somebody you would take a flyer on?
1: If i
2: have a PPR league.
1: PPR league is definitely worth looking at. Uh, if you have a free spot on your roster, uh, which I, I think at this point in the season, a lot of people do, you have that receiver that you know you're never going to start, and he's really not that fantastic. You just own him because you think you should drop him go pick up a guy like ty johnson who might end up being something if michael carter gets hurt he does become super valuable um if you have that open spot on your roster and the other big running backs that we're talking about are owned then yeah go for it but otherwise i'm not making a huge push for him
0: all right and then we'll move on to wide receivers here ty hilton he saw five targets in his return from injury literally just getting five yards on one catch but i feel like the volume could be there the only other guy who's really a established wide receiver in that offense right now is michael Pittman. do you like the outlook for ty hilton the rest of the season
1: i'll go before cody does i want to say yes because i know that when he's there they do want to try to get him some targets but uh he has no solid connection with carson wentz built uh there's no reason why carson wentz should feel like he needs to get him involved and ty hilton hasn't been relevant in years uh, so i'm still i'm not really big on the ty hilton train he had like one good week this year but otherwise, um, I'm still avoiding T.Y. Hill, and I feel like there's better guys out there. You can go get a Van Jefferson, um, an Odell Beckham. There's there's better guys out there that you can go snag than T.Y. Hill, in my opinion.
2: No, I tend to agree with that, especially the next two weeks. He plays the Bills and the Buccaneers, too. Top defenses, and maybe the Buccaneers aren't as good as we thought after giving up all those points to Washington. But in three weeks, on December 5th, he plays Houston. And, you know, just like Derrick Henry always puts up like 200 yards against Houston, well, T.Y. Hilton seems to always put up like 180 and 10 catches against Houston. So that week alone, I would consider playing T.Y. Hilton just because he seems to have their number. We saw it on the Sunday night game. Travis Kelsey just always eats against the the Las Vegas Raiders, and he did it again. Some guys, there's just A.J. Green in the past always ate against the Baltimore Ravens. So in a few weeks, I'll be talking about T.Y. Hilton again. But because the two, the bad matchups in between, I, I think I'd avoid them this week.
0: Okay. My next two are guys that I know each of you have backed in the past. I'll start with the guy that Tyler's backed. i Zacchaeus. He had seven targets, only caught two balls this past week, and only saw 43% of the snaps. I'm really concerned that he is basically their wide receiver too, and he's not on the field all that often. Um, maybe a quarter L. Patterson situation would help him this week, but... How do you like Zacchaeus going forward here?
1: I think Zacchaeus is still at the same point that he was before. I think he's worth a roster stash. I don't think he's worth starting. Uh, I don't think the Falcons are going to get absolutely blown out and not be able to move the ball at all like they did against the Cowboys every week. The the Falcons are going to find ways to score. Uh, They have Arthur Smith, who is an offensive guru, and he's going to find ways to score. So I don't... I think Russell Gage is technically their wide receiver one. And I think Kyle Pitts is technically their wide receiver two. I mean, Pitts honestly might be the wide receiver one at this point, And it has been that Cordarrelle Patterson has been their wide receiver three. So if Patterson does miss, I think Zacchaeus technically becomes the third target. So he will be worth looking at. Um, I would stash him still because where there is targets, there's going to become volume just because he didn't catch all of them this week. Doesn't mean that he's not going to, catch more next week seven targets if you catch five of those you're probably going to have a pretty decent game and if you have a guy that's getting seven targets consistently then he's a guy that i'm going to want to stash on my team
0: and russell gage actually only got three targets i don't understand what's up with that maybe it's him facing number one corners
1: it was a weird i don't really know for the falcons but i feel like
0: every other week's a weird week with gage i don't really understand exactly what's going on there but then the guy that cody was backing up here brian edwards of the raiders he had only four targets, but he caught a ball and a touchdown before the fourth quarter, which is something we've been waiting for forever. Are they actually going to start using him in not just clutch situations?
2: It doesn't appear so. I mean, I know he got the touchdown <laughs> beforehand, but he still only had four targets. Um, I, I saw it seems like Derek Carr is trying to play too much hero ball, like trying to make too much happen. He expect, I know this is going to be tough for George because he ended up losing a game against Derek Carr by a few points and he almost threw like seven picks in his last like 10 passes because he was trying to make too much happen I think he's too up and down the whole Raiders offense as a whole it's hard to figure out if there's any reliable starting wide receiver option obviously you're going to play Darren Waller Uh, as much as I love Brian Edwards it's there's just too much inconsistency from that wide receiver position um, to, to start them on a regular basis I mean it might not hurt to stash them but like Tyler mentioned earlier, is there at some point, is it worth holding on to a guy if you know you're never going to play them? Dep- no matter where you drafted him, no matter what the name is, at some point you just have to cut ties and move on because you're wasting, it, and unless there's a very good reason that you're holding on to a guy that you're never going to play, you're wasting a roster spot.
1: The only other reason why I would say hold on to somebody that you're not going to play is if you know for a fact that he would be picked up and used against you. I mean, it's it's kind of a rare situation, but uh, just take our league of record. I know that um, the one of the top teams in the league lost Derrick Henry, um, lost other running backs, and he was down to starting scrubs. And I knew if I wanted to have a chance at that first round bye, I needed him to lose. I didn't need Devontae Freeman on my team at all. I, I had no use for him. I, I didn't need Khalil Herbert on my team. I had no use for him. I was never going to start him. But I knew if I dropped him, this guy would pick him up, start him, and he'd suddenly have a good running back for a week. So in that case, I held on to the guys just so he couldn't have them. But if that's a a fringe guy that you know, even if they're picked up and used, it's not really going to scare you, then absolutely go ahead and cut size.
0: Great advice there. That's just paying attention to your league. And I mean, I know we've all been up against that guy because he was so good to dominate and start the year but anyway i have two more uh we'll start with the Steelers on so wallash wide receiver we have ray Ray mcleod so their wide receiver room has been so weird with juju smith schuster being out chase Claypool's out of the lineup it seems like all the time now ray, ray mcleod took over as the wide receiver two this week career game of nine catches 12 targets do you think that keeps up or was that just a flash in the pan because of playing with mason rudolph instead of ben roethlisberger
1: Well, they do say that Mason Rudolph has a connection with Ray-Ray McLeod, so I think that's a big reason on why he stepped up. However, Ray-Ray McLeod is a decent receiver, and like you said, they're hurting at the wide receiver position, so I do think he's worth looking at. But it's to to be fair, Big Ben should be back next week um, if all goes well with COVID. and I don't really trust Big Ben throwing to anybody. Like, I know you got Deontay Johnson who's getting a ton of targets and he's getting volume. So, you know, maybe go ahead with him or Pat Fryermuth cause he's because he's the big dude in the end zone that can catch you that touchdown. But outside of that, are you really going to go with any pass catchers with Big Ben throwing right now? I don't trust his arm at all.
2: Yeah, I'm right there with you. It, I'd have to see him do it again with Big Ben before I consider him to be a realistic addition. Um, the fact that they didn't put Claypool on IR makes me think that he'll be back sooner than originally um, expected. So now that I have to wait for him to play with Big Ben, there could be potentially that he's Claypool's back the next time after I feel confident with it. So it's a guy that it kind of looks more like a flash in the, the pan or however you want to phrase it. Just a guy that had a really good week, um, but doesn't look like a consistent fantasy option. All right finally tight ends our favorite position
0: but not really our favorite tight end dan the man arnold broke 10 again this week on seven targets i know he's already been on dartboard conversation is he starting to graduate a little bit higher on the dartboard just because he's been
2: consistent these last three weeks now yeah i think he's up there where you have to he can be a reliable starting option. If you know, I'm assuming you don't have a Kelsey, a Waller, a Pitts, a Hawkinson, like one of those guys, Mark Andrews, one of those top five. I'm assuming you don't have one of those, but he is slowly becoming up there, you know, in consideration with a guy like Dawson Knox, with you know a guy like Dalton Schultz. There, he's becoming in that category. Like he should be safe. Now, I will say, when I'm picking a tight end, unless I know it's a really good matchup, I tend to like the ones with high-powered offenses like the Bills, like the the Cowboys. like I'd probably still lean most weeks to go with a Dawson Knox or a Dalton Schultz because I feel like they can expect it to have a higher impact. But Dan Arnold seems to have become the number one target for Trevor Lawrence. And, I mean, he's still going to have to throw the ball. So he's, he might not put up a ton of yards. He might still be touchdown dependent. But he'll be a lot safer than some of those other tight ends that you're, like, just hoping for a huge week.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's like, if you're looking at free agent guys right now, the next best option, I would say, after a Dan Arnold on the waiver wire is probably a guy like Tyler Conklin, who has been... huge red zone threat like if you watched this minnesota game this past week conklin was targeted every single time they got to the red zone so yeah he has that potential to get you touchdowns but dan arnold is targeted between the 20s as well he is able to get you some catches get you some yards he's not just solely touchdown dependent so there's going to be weeks where conklin is going to put up more points than arnold because he catches touchdowns but i like a guy like arnold so much more because he has that potential volume had that has that consistency a lot better than Conklin. So I I think that Arnold should definitely be a target.
0: Man, I see Tyler Conklin slowly turning into Kyle Rudolph in that offense, and I don't like it because we remember all the times you were like, you kind of have to just try to start Kyle Rudolph, and he'd either score you a one or he'd score you a 15. So it's just painful. But you always have that chance of him scoring 15, 20 points because he scores two touchdowns
2: like he did this past week.
1: Absolutely, guys.
2: Yeah, and before we go, I do want to add, or before we move on, I should say not we're not going anywhere, but before we move on, I do want to talk about one guy, and this can will kind of tie in. Uh, but the last one is another quarterback that I think we should at least mention, and that is rookie Mac Jones. He's only rostered in about fourteen percent of leagues. He has really come on of late. He's not putting up huge passing yard numbers. That's not the team that they are in, but he has been relatively consistent. And like we mentioned, he has some plus matchups coming up he has the falcons who are ranked 30th they have the titans who are ranked 20 playing great defense ranked 27th but they are giving up a lot of yards between the 20s and they still have given up a lot of pass options then they play the bills and have a bye week but then that first week of the playoffs they play the colts which is another poor offense against quarterback or poor defense against quarterbacks excuse me so mac jones you know the patriots are surging This rookie quarterback could be a guy, especially if you're in a tough week with bye weeks or need a streaming option over the next couple weeks. I do like Mac Jones as an addition as well.
1: And we've seen it with a Bill Belichick run offense in the past. When the Patriots get hot, they're hard to slow down. They are a really hard team to stop once they get rolling. And right now they are definitely rolling. I know you guys, we were talking about it before the podcast that I was frustrated that people are saying the the Patriots are actually the team to beat in the AFC over the Titans, and it it bothers me. But right now, the Patriots are playing really good football. They're playing solid football. Even the games they're losing, they're losing close games. Um, they are hot, and until they start slowing down, Cody, you're absolutely right. Mac Jones is definitely worth a look. And, guys, I think quarterback is a position where you really have to start opening your mind up a little bit. We saw a big game from Patrick Mahomes finally this week but Mahomes has been putting up some duds here and there. Uh, We see Aaron Rodgers, who is really turning to the run game more than the pass game a lot, and he hasn't been a consistent fantasy quarterback. A great quarterback, but not a great fantasy quarterback this season. Uh, Russell Wilson looks like he might have returned a little too quickly from his injury. Yes, the Packers' defense is playing lights out, but Wilson looked bad. His passes were nowhere close. He might not be fully ready yet. Uh, You got a guy like Kyler Murray who's been uh, injured and missed two weeks quarterbacks are not safe anymore we don't really have those guys that you can slot in every single week and just be set uh Lamar Jackson this week looked terrible didn't rush well didn't throw well uh wasn't worth playing so you really need to watch these matchups you really need to pay close attention to these quarterbacks and be willing to start some of these backups be willing to start some of these guys on lesser teams that might have a big day
0: It's definitely interesting how you're, we've been talking about Patrick Mahomes is struggling so much, but because the quarterback position in general is struggling so much, he's still QB one in fantasy points, a couple of points ahead of Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen. So it's just, it is crazy just how interesting the quarterback position has been this year. And it's not safe anymore. You're right. I don't know exactly know what to tell you to do with it, but you just kind of got to play your studs and hope in some cases.
2: Yeah, I think those are both some great points, but let's save the rest of our Patriots talk uh, for our next segment as we break down the Thursday night matchup.
0: Thursday night
1: matchup!
2: And I know we did
0: steal a lot of the thunder already of the Patriots, but they are traveling to the Atlanta Falcons on Thursday night football. We talked about Mac Jones already being a good play. The next thing to look at is their running back situation. We do not know much about Damian Harris's status. If he does not go, we saw Brandon Bolden and Ramondre Stevenson both be relevant in fantasy this week. Do you like one better than the other? Do you only like one? Where are you going with that?
1: Bolden has the pass-catching ability, so he's worth looking at. However, if I'm going with a running back and Damian Harris is out, we are assuming Dar- Damian Harris is out, I'm going Ramondre Stevenson. I think he showed you enough this week. Uh, It looks like the offense wants to run through Stevenson. If Harris is out, I'm going Stevenson. But concussions are kind of questionable. Uh, There is a chance that Harris is back this week. Uh, We see people miss, you know, one game with concussions. We see people miss uh, Dwayne Eskridge, the rookie for Seattle, missed half a season with a concussion. So um, it's kind of hard to say. Make sure you're watching that injury report. But I like Stevenson, Cody. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I'm going to assume if Harris is back, I'm, I'm playing Harris. I think he was good enough. And he, again, I mean, a concussion is definitely a severe injury. I don't want to downplay it. Uh, but it's not like he's coming back from an ankle injury that he has to, you know, be ginger on his ankle or anything like that. It's, so he should be back to full 100%. Uh, so if Harris is there, I like him. If not, I like Stevenson the best. Um, I think the way Stevenson has played is going to start to make this backfield messy. Like we're going to start seeing like how we felt about Sony Michelle, Damian Harris. Like it could end up being like that the rest of the season, which isn't great for fantasy. Um, but if Harris goes, I like him. If not, I like Stevenson.
0: Let's also say I think we were talking about the Patriots having a really tough schedule the rest of the season. So good matchup here. Might be a good situation to try to get a good game out of somebody and then sell high. But we can talk about that when we get into next week's show. On the Falcon side, because I don't think we're going to really start any Patriots receivers unless you guys think Jacoby Myers is going to catch lightning
2: in a bottle here. I think he's worth a no. flex
1: look, honestly.
2: Okay. Yeah, I agree. 100% worth the flex look. And again, just PSA, when we say flex look, we're talking about like wide receiver three, running back three stats. Uh, if you do play him, make sure he's in a wide receiver spot on your fantasy lineup. Don't leave him in the flex. Save your flex for someone playing on Sunday or Monday. Um, not a Thursday night matchup. But yeah, I mean, he was already flex option without scoring touchdowns because he's the guy that's getting targets. He's getting, you know, the catching opportunity. He's getting the volume. He finally found the end zone and we've seen it before. You know, Hunter Henry, he had a five game stretch where he scored a touchdown in every week. If they get him going, he's like the number one option hands down. So I do like Jacoby Myers as a flex with potentially high upside.
1: And you mentioned it, Cody, but Hunter Henry is a legitimate Tight end option now. He is doing well every week. Um, Johnu Smith has been dealing with an injury, so it's not even like he has to battle with another tight end. If you have Hunter Henry and you don't have one of the big five, got to start him.
0: Definitely. I'm sad I missed him as well there. But Now I think we can move to the Falcons' side. We talked running backs a little bit already. I personally love Wayne Gallman in this matchup. If there's no Corderell Patterson, obviously that's going to be something we have to watch the injury report for as well. Interesting both of these teams are... Dealing with injuries to their top backs, but a lot of potential off the waiver wire if we don't have Damian Harris and we don't have Quitterell Patterson this week. Um, Are you guys leaning Mike Davis by chance just because he's had most of the touches if there's no Patterson? Or are you with me on Gallman?
1: I mean, I personally am on neither. If I have Mike Davis, I have Wayne Gallman. I'm not starting either one of them. I think the Patriots defense is really good, Um, and I don't think Mike Davis or Wayne Gallman are really good at this point in the season so I'm a little bit nervous about it I also think that there's a I think Falcons are going to find some offense but I still think there's a chance they fall behind early and have to abandon the run Um, so I'm kind of against either of the running backs personally
2: yeah I tend to I was actually gonna I was like when you said I love Wayne Gallman, I was like I don't actually know if I love any Falcons option against this offense on how well they're playing here and i mean there is only two teams on bye in week 11 and it's the rams and the broncos so unless you're like missing out on daryl henderson i feel like there should be viable options that you don't have to like force start a mike davis or a wayne gallman if you absolutely do have to play one i think i agree with george i would play wayne gallman just because i feel like we know it with mike davis what we're gonna get and if i have to play one of these guys i'm gonna go with the guy that could surprise me could catch Fire in a bottle. Like, I think Wayne Gallman has the bigger upside, but we're saying that he also has the lower ceiling. He could end up with two points or 22 points. Like, there's a huge range of where he could end up. Definitely. Um,
0: I'm also going to say, even though there is the matchup, I think Pitts has to be a stay-in starter. So he's got to be somebody that's in your lineup despite facing the Patriots, because he is the wi- I think he is wide receiver or target number one for the Falcons at this point. And their wide receivers have been a mess. Do you feel confident enough to take a shot at Gage or a shot at Zacchaeus? I personally don't. Do you guys differ? Nope
1: nope only person I'm starting on the Falcons is Kyle Pitts. After that, I'm out on the Falcons
2: and And with this matchup, like that's one that you should you know go in with realistic expectations. Like it could be a down week. The Patriots are notoriously known for taking away the number one option. And right now, Kyle Pitts is the only option. So I don't imagine Bill Belichick letting him go in there and catch a bunch of – they're going to have a lot of eyes on him. Uh, Again, I think he's too good or too valuable in this offense to to not play him. But it should be a guy that you should temper expectations for Week 11.
0: All right. I think that pretty much wraps up our Thursday Night Football preview then.
2: For sure, 100% wraps it up. And, you know, this was a fun episode. Talk some waivers. It's been really nice having Snyder back on a consistent basis. I, unfortunately, it was because he had to get his ACL reconstructed. Uh, and if he leaves us again, we're just going to tear the other one. Uh, but for well, now, again, we're going to actually...
1: Torn. Let's not, please.
2: <laughs> okay. Maybe we'll be nice. We'll we'll be nice. But we got, we'll got we keep him on the show. Uh, but as always, thanks again for listening to another episode of the Couch Jam's podcast.
1: Absolutely, guys. And, you know, I just want to say with a little appreciation how happy I am that our teams are actually doing pretty good right now. I mean, Titans are the top team in the AFC Packers are the top team in the NFC and George, I know you don't have the Eagles at the top of your division or anything like that, but you're seeing your young guys and Jalen hurts and Devontae Smith really show up. And that is what you like to see if they can fix that coaching staff. I think they could have a really good team there. So, uh, it's really good to see good play from all three of our teams. Um, But, guys, we always talk about our three teams, and I'd love to hear some people out there who maybe like a different team. And the only way that's going to happen is if our fans get involved. So if you're listening to this podcast right now, let us know your favorite team. Let us know what you're happy about with their season, what you're not happy about. Talk some smack. Tell George he's stupid. Whatever you need to do. uh, Either way, just make sure you
0: get involved. Thank you one more time for listening in to the Couch GM's podcast. For Tyler Snyder and Cody Roadcap, I'm George Kirk, and we'll see you later in the week to break down every matchup from week 11.